Super Talk Mississippi Media Production. You're listening to Thunder and Lightning on Super Talk Mississippi. Covering Mississippi State sports like nobody else. Sports Talk Mississippi's Brian Haydad, along with Joel Coleman of the Starkville Daily News, give you an inside look at the Bulldogs on the field, the court, and the diamond. Now, get ready for Thunder and Lightning. This is Thunder and Lightning here on Super Talk Mississippi. Brian Haydad and Joel T. Coleman. Woo. Joining here on a Friday morning. We are very glad to be with you. I know that it's Friday because I've done four shows in a row. I, I'm glad you could tell me what that is. That's how you know. I, it's Friday. I have no idea. So, glad you guys have joined us at supertalk.fm or wherever it is you get your podcasts from. We appreciate everybody tuning in, especially our servicemen and women and all our medical personnel out there taking care of us. Right now, I want to thank our sponsors at Strange Brew Coffeehouse and Churn and Spoon Ice Cream. They are, of course, well, Churn and Spoon, you know, down for the count right now, but we'll be back, no questions about it, back and better than ever. You can always go over to uh, Strange Brew, try the drive through on the Highway 12 location, or go to the walk-up window over there on University Drive and get the caffeine that every man, woman, and child seems to need these days to get through their day, especially when your name is Joel T. Coleman. Woo! So is that, is that every time I say Joel T. Coleman? Yeah. It's like a, you know, the Pavlovian I just doll. said it, though. Oh, that's right. I guess it's not. So, I guess it's not completely ingrained. So you lied to our listeners. I hope, you, I hope you're happy. It's been a rough quarantine, Brian. <laughs> I uh, guess. It's, it's turned me into a liar, I guess. A liar. Man. Unbelievable. Anyway, you're, no, we're not lying when we say that they've got the best drinks in town over there at Strange Brew. Go by there. Check them out. Hit them up. And, of course, like I said, they have I think I told you about this on Monday or Tuesday, but they've got some provisions there, too. Loaves of bread, milk. If you can't make it to the grocery store, if the grocery store is just out, go buy Strange Brew and see what they've got. The bread is, is homemade, too. We're not talking about some, you know, process from some bakery from God knows where. We're talking about real homemade bread. they got a couple of options. they got a gluten-free option as well, so they got you taken care of. Go to collegecornerstore.com and shop online for the MSU merchandise you need. Always, you, you want to keep that maroon and white fresh. You don't want to be that guy. Well, first off, we all know who you don't want to be. You don't want to be that guy in the maroon is all that matters shirt. My God, don't be that guy. I swear, if we come out of this quarantine and people are still wearing maroon is all that matters shirt, what the hell was it for then? Why did we socially distance? Why did we do all this if we weren't getting rid of the maroon is all? That's the real virus. You could put it on eBay right now and call it toilet paper or something and make a killing. You should. You should. Did, did you have a maroons all that matters? Sure. No, I did not, and I'll tell you why. Uh, I'm fat. That's why. They didn't have my size. They didn't have that. No. No. I was walking in. I was like, I just looked over the guys like, what's the biggest size you have? And they're like, extra large. I was, and I just kept on walking. It's like, that's no good for me, boss. So, no, never owned one. And had I owned one, I would have probably not worn it after the fourth quarter of the main game, to be totally honest with you. But here we are in the year of our Lord 2020. And people are still wearing those. Get rid of them. <laughs> All right? Quarantine those shirts. Socially distance yourself from the Kroom era. Go buy a new shirt at collegecornerstore.com. Get a nice brand new polo, a brand new t-shirt, a nice new hat. Get some new stuff. How are you still wearing a shirt from 16 years ago? By the way, that was 16 years ago. How do you still own clothes that are 16 years old? My God, get rid of it. 
collegecornerstore.com. Also, I want to thank. Don't you know retro's in, Brian? Where, where retro? That's not retro. <laughs> vintage. That's not vintage. There's nothing vintage or retro or cool about that. So you don't think that all, no. this, all this retro apparel that gets put out now, you don't think they're going to redo the maroon is all that matters? God help us. No. <laughs> I want to also welcome our newest sponsor, Advantage Business System. Nearly 45 years of business in the Jackson, Mississippi and Mississippi area. They do business with MSU just like some of our other sponsors do, especially with OCH up here, which is an incredibly you know, beneficial time for them to have such a, a good partner in their corner as Advantage Business Systems. Nowadays, everybody's setting up virtual meetings. Everybody's setting up uh, home offices. Advantage Business Systems can help you with those needs. Give them a call today at 1-844-833-6245 or check them out at the website absms.com. They will get you taken care of. They will help your business do business at Advantage Business Systems. We've got a good show today. We're going to talk about what is the greatest win in MSU history in the four big sports. We had no debate for the women's basketball answer, and that's why we've got Dominique Dillingham joining us in just a little bit to talk about Mississippi State versus UConn from 2017. But football, basketball, men's basketball, and baseball, we got to talk this out. I'm going to give you three options for football. I want you to tell me which one you're going to pick. 1980 versus Alabama. 1998 versus Arkansas. 2014 versus Auburn. They each have their pros and cons. Yeah. Uh, 98 is the only one that won a championship. 1980, you beat number one. 2014, you became number one. So a lot going on there. Just what's your gut instinct before we we really get into the nuts and bolts of this debate? My gut instinct is 14 Auburn. Okay. And here's why. Because of social media, because of the the age in which we live, I don't think Mississippi State was ever in the history of the world on more people's tongues right. than it was on that particular day in 2014. Um, everyone knew Mississippi State was going to be the number one team in the country after they won that game. And all 50 states, people overseas maybe, if they pay attention to college football a whole lot, it, I, I don't think that Mississippi State was ever more relevant in the history of the universe than they were on that day in 2014. I don't disagree with that. I don't. But is what is relevance what defines a great win? I, see, if it doesn't, if we don't care about any of that, um, then it's always tough to pick anything over you taking down a, a top-ranked team, or even, you know, getting to Atlanta, you know, win, winning the West. I, if you don't factor in, if you do not factor in the fact that beating Auburn puts you on the biggest uh, stage or, you know, got you the most headlines, or if you don't factor any of that into it, it's not the biggest. Because all that did was get you a one ranking for five weeks. Yeah. And you didn't finish one, so big whoop, you beat Auburn, is all that was at the end of the day. But in the moment, if you do consider all the rest, and I, when you ask me the biggest win in school history, I, I factor in everything, including that, uh, including 
the eyeballs it brought to your school, um, the money and the revenue that it brought to your school, how it made your football program for a month or so the football program in the entire country. I factor all that in, and that's why it's just tough for me to go any anywhere other than, than 14 Auburn. Um, you did get that number one ranking for five weeks. You did get all the headlines. You did get all the, the notoriety. Your quarterback was there for several weeks, one of, if not the face of college football there for a little while. Um, it's really hard to not count all that. And, and when you do count all that, to me it's a slam dunk that that's the biggest win in school history. If you want to not consider that, the notoriety, and then yeah, you could easily go the other direction. But but for me, I, I, I encapsulate the whole picture, and I just I can't go against that 14 Auburn game. For me, it's the 80 Alabama game. In, in reality... And part of it may be because I didn't live through that. Well, I mean, I was only four. So, okay. I mean, it's not like I really I, lived I was, through it. I just knew you were old, so... <laughs> one of these days, Coleman. One of these days when it's not, you know, when we don't have to socially distance. We're going to have to talk about this. Well, quarantine's good times, any Because you're the only non-family member I see. You're so. right. Uh, you saw Greg when you walked in. <laughs> I did. It's the first time I've seen him in several weeks. <laughs> Uh, but it, it's weird that the, the one that won a championship, 98 Arkansas, to me is, is third. Because I agree with 14 would be ahead of that. But 80 Alabama, I don't think it can be overstressed what Alabama was at that moment. Two-time defending national champions. They hadn't lost in basically two, almost three years. Um, and what Bear Bryant was at that time. you know. And I mean, think about let's think about that Auburn game in these terms, right? If State had beaten Alabama in that game, you know, defending national champion or whatever, you know, with 14, so they weren't the defending national champion. But it's still, you see what I'm getting at. Mm-hmm. Maybe I would go this way. The fact that Auburn, and, and Alabama didn't finish the season great, but Auburn, Alabama was considered invulnerable. They really were. And to beat them that day, you know, in, in Jackson, to me, that's that's the one. I think more people... I think most state fans would most state fans who lived in both eras would agree with me on this one. I think I think this is sort of the sort of the same thing that you just sort of mentioned that sort of like the same thing we're seeing with the, with the bulldog bracket polls that the younger generation is going to say fourteen. The people who have lived through both will probably still say eighty. But it's it's I will say this: it's very close for the people that would. Well, I guess for you. Mm-hmm. Because you did go that route. Yeah. For anyone that would say that nineteen eighty was the biggest win then you're kind of almost you kind of almost have to submit that Ole Miss beating Alabama the week before State beat Auburn was a bigger win. Do you agree with that? Like do you agree was with it was a bigger win than State beating Auburn? Yes. Yes. You do? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah, I mean, I mean I'm just because they be, they took down they took down number, number 1, one. A, a team, and like you said a team that seemed invulnerable. invulnerable. Yeah. Yeah. So you almost have to admit that that Ole Miss's big day was, was Alabama, bigger than Alabama was number one, weren't they? And, and no, they at least in at least one at poll least one poll, yeah, yeah. Because the were they in one poll they were okay. I don't know. I don't remember which one. Because I know Florida State I'd was number one and, and was still undefeated in the defending national champions. Okay, you're making me think. You see what I'm saying there, though, right? I guess, but at the same, I, I guess, yeah. If I'm going to say, yeah, if I'm going to say one, I have to sort of say the other. So that'll get people mad at me, but. It is what it is. But I, it doesn't matter for me. 80 Alabama is, is the answer for me. But for Joel, it's it's 14. Are we selling 98 short here? The problem with 98 is this. 
You it, won the West and didn't win the. You didn't win the SEC, and you finished eight and five. You know, I mean, you, that was a real. That was a really the highs of that season are as high as you've ever had. But it was really sort of an average season. You lost to a a, a bad Oklahoma State team that year. So I mean, maybe we're I'm taking, maybe this is sort of what we were talking about with the baseball team and the Texas Southern. Maybe I'm I'm looking too much at the big picture. It's the opposite. I'm looking too much at the big picture, not focused. That win won a championship. You you won the West. Yeah. Technically, actually, you know what's funny is you didn't you didn't win the West. Yeah. You won it the next week against against Ole, against Ole Miss. You could have lost the West in, in that sequence, but. I do feel like we're underrating it a little bit. These are three really good wins. I'll say that. So, yeah, well, these are the three. I don't think there's anything else. Yeah, there's that you no other even... game. The only other game you could put in here ever is 35 against Army, and I'm just not willing to go back that far. I'm just not. So <laughs> you didn't see that one? No, David Murray uh, kept score though. <laughs> so that's that. That for me is that's the answer. All right, for basketball, for men's basketball. I think there's there's two, and they're in the same season. And they're within a, a few weeks of each other. And I think we talked about one of them the other day. We did. We talked about the uh, the, the game against Kentucky, mm-hmm. and then the other one would be the game against Cincinnati to yeah. win to go to the Final Four. I don't see how you could pick, you know, maybe the 91 game at, against LSU here where you won the SEC because that was just a madhouse atmosphere. And that was like – that was the first great moment of the modern era, basically since Bailey Howell had left, <laughs> since the game of change, that uh, that you had had a huge on-campus game like that. Um, so, I mean, you could put that in the dis- – I'll put it in the discussion. Because, I mean, you won a championship that day. You won the SEC. But the game – to me, the answer is the game against Kentucky. More, And maybe I'm sort of going back on what I said about football, but you won a championship here. You won the SEC tournament. And beating – by the time State played Cincinnati, I was expecting them to win that game mm-hmm. because they had beaten Kentucky two weeks prior to this. That Kentucky team, you heard Richard Williams talk about it last week, loaded. Nine guys who ended up playing in the NBA. A bunch of first-rounders. Guys who had – you know, some of those guys had long careers. And State handled them. Pretty easily, and you had the transcendent performance of Dante Jones. You had Daryl Williams doing Daryl Williams things, and then State they just they just sort of controlled the whole game from start to finish. And like I said, that game set the template for the rest of the way. That's why I have it above the Cincinnati game, even though historically State's won other SEC tournaments. They've never been to the Final Four again. Historically, the Cincinnati game is more important, but I don't know that it's a bigger win. If that makes sense, I agree. I was sitting here as you were talking and bringing up the three games. It's to beat that team on that day. It was the foundation of everything that followed, and and it's it's tough to it's tough to go against it. I mean the the end result of the Cincinnati game and and you are in the Final Four. I mean that may have been the biggest moment. Well, it probably was the biggest moment. But when you're talking about the entirety of a game and the magnitude of it, I think I agree with you that that beating that Kentucky team and, and setting yourself up for that run, you felt like there was no one else that you were going to play the rest of the way that you couldn't beat. And like I said, too, you, you did win the, win a championship that day, too. So it was, it was big in that respect. Uh, so I think I do slightly favor that Kentucky game over, over the Cincinnati game. 
I would I would put the LSU game a little higher if Shaq had played in it. You know, I don't know if you remember that, and I remember you were old. You I were was six, no, but okay. Was you know, State had to beat LSU to win the SEC, but Shaq was injured and did not play in the game. He had played down in Baton Rouge when State had won yeah. there. Actually, that's five and a half. I guess this was ninety spring of ninety one. Right? Yeah, it would have been yeah. or late February, I guess, of ninety one. So, but Shaq didn't play in this game, and Gert Hammock whose name will always be remembered by me because of his play. He played really well in this game, but it makes me wonder if Shaq had played. If Gert Hammock did what he did, what would Shaq have done? Um, but you can't take anything away from the the, 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 the incredible atmosphere. I will, I will, and I think people who watch this game on television will always have the memory of when they, 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 they started the game. You know, the JP has their little whatever, the... I don't know the television term for it, but they have the little graphics to start the game, and they, they come into the hump, and there's all these white pom-poms going, and that place is slam-packed. And now, I, at this point in my life, I may have seen the, the inside of the Humphrey Coliseum like three times, because MSU College basketball was just never on television. I had never seen it like that. And, man, I just remember watching that game and just being mesmerized. I was like, they're going to win. They're going to win this game. And then you find out Shaq's not going to play. You're like, they are going to win this game. And then they did win the game. Uh I feel like maybe I'm underselling it a little bit, but for me, it's it's going to be the 96 Kentucky game is the number one. So we're agreed on yeah, that one? We're agreed on that one. All right. We're agreed on the women, for sure. And that's Mississippi State's uh, 66-64 win over uh, Connecticut in the 2017 Final Four. To talk about that game with us, someone who will provide a lot more insight than Joel and I ever could, that's going to be Dominique Dillingham, current MSU assistant coach, and then, of course, player uh, on this team. Let's get her thoughts on the biggest win in MSU women's basketball history. So joining us now on the Welcome Home Beef Hotline to recap Mississippi State, Connecticut from 2017, Dominique Dillingham, MSU current assistant uh, coach and and former player on that team. I want to start by looking all the way back at the beginning because you were part of that first signing class that Vic Schaefer likes to talk about all the time. And from the moment you signed with Mississippi State, and you knew what Mississippi State was, was as a program when you signed, to this moment – is that a, a ride that you could have seen ahead of time, or were you as surprised as anybody else at how good this program became? Oh, I'm not surprised. Um, it was definitely, you know, what we kind of dreamed for and what we were kind of imagining. I think it was a little bit of a surprise of how quick it happened, but I think we definitely knew we could get to this point. You coming into this game with Connecticut, everybody – Everybody knows what Connecticut is. You know, there, there's no there's no hiding from the fact that they've won 111 straight games. And I, I, I made this comment when I talked to Richard Williams uh, last week about how coaches they love to play the nobody believes in us card. Well, yeah. this is a game where, <laughs> really, probably outside of the locker room, nobody did believe in you. Even the MSU fans in attendance weren't sure that that's going that, that that's they're going to go home a winner that night. What was the message in the locker room prior to the start of this game from Coach Schaefer? I mean, I think the biggest thing we had in our mind was that loss the year before against them, and I think that was a motivating factor for us all year long, and I think that loss kind of set us up to win that game. So, I mean, going into that game, we were pretty motivated, and, you know, we just were all bought in, and we believed in Coach Shaver's message that we could win, and we just had to go out there and you know, kind of take it to them in that those first five minutes. And I think that we did that. Yeah, that that was sort of the key to the game, in my opinion, was that you got out to a quick start, and and that was you know you think you mentioned that game from a season ago where UConn just absolutely dominated the game early and pulled out to such a large lead. 
in this time, you know, you guys have a nine point lead at the end of the first quarter. You go to back to the bench, you know, at the end of at the end of the first. What's everybody saying? Is it a is it a sort of that moment of we can take these guys? Yeah, definitely. You know, we were just kind of talking about you know we can't let up. We got to keep going. So you know, you get up on somebody, you want to keep your foot on their neck. So you just don't want to let up, and you want to keep your foot on the gas. So that was basically what we were talking about, and we knew that they were going to make their run, and so we just wanted to make sure that we kept making our own run. You know, Dom, sometimes when I've, I've you cover sports and you, you see games and things, whenever there's an underdog in a game, it seems weird to call you an underdog at this point in the season, but whenever you're an underdog sometimes against a monster like UConn was, I think you could probably be tempted to go into a game like you got nothing to lose kind of thing. Um that doesn't sound like that was the mentality at all. It sounds like you, you guys really thought this was a game that you could win. Is that accurate, or, or did you all kind of have a little bit of a they're the monster, you know, we got nothing to lose kind of thing? or, or like, like Kind of like you've been saying, I, I guess, were, were you all pretty confident that despite what had happened the year before, this was a team that you could beat? Yeah, um, we were pretty confident going in just because, you know, like I said, that loss by 60 kind of motivated us all year long and you know it really humbled us um to get beat like that it was really embarrassing so you know all year long we were reminded of that loss with 60 around the locker room the weight room so i think that really you know made us stronger in the end and you know going in we were really confident we kind of played with a chip on our shoulder we really wanted to prove to the world that we weren't that same team that lost by 60 the year before Looking at the box score, obviously, you know, Victoria Vivian's 19 points. But not a great shooting night for the whole team, basically, in 25 of 67. But defensively, against a team like Connecticut that, that just put up points on everybody all year, you guys were really, really solid. You only gave up the 64 points, and that's including the overtime. What was the defensive game plan? Did, did, was there one player you wanted to neutralize more than any other? Um, Not necessarily. Uh, Connecticut, they're a great team always, so they're pretty well-rounded. Um, all five of them can always score. So what we really wanted to do and focus on is taking them out of what they wanted to do. You know, they run a really pretty offense. You know, they're like a well-oiled machine. So we just wanted to take them out of their set and make them uncomfortable. We wanted them to play a one-on-one game. And if they beat us one-on-one, we were going to be okay with that. So we just wanted to take them out of what they did really well. And I think we did a pretty good job of that. You go into you know the end of the fourth quarter. Game is tied. Now you're in overtime. Obviously, the, any kind of nerves or anything like that, that that's gone now. Now you know it, you're five minutes away from, from you know either going to the national championship game or not. What's Coach Coach Schaefer's message now going into overtime? Um, just basically, this is our game. Um, every day in practice, we have, uh, have a drill. It's called Bulldog. It's about four to five minutes and. It's just about toughness, and we do it every day in practice. So we knew that we had did that drill so many times. When we got in that moment in overtime, we were just like, this is another game of Bulldog. We got this. You know, we're made for this. So we knew we had that game. Only 6-4 to four in the overtime. Only 10 points scored total. Were you surprised at just how tight it was in that overtime as far as getting points? Um, Not as – not – too surprised just because it was kind of back and forth that whole second half. So, I mean, we were both playing a little tired game, so I wasn't too surprised. 
I wish you weren't a coach right now. This is the part that I, w- I wish you weren't still. I thought you, you I wish you were just an accountant or doing something because I would love to know the truth of what you thought about that foul call on, uh, on Katie Lou Sam. I know you can't say though. I know yeah. you can't. I can't say, but I think we all know the answer to that. But you know, now, now the game's tied, sixty-four, sixty-four. Then you turn the ball over. They turn it right back over to you, and that yeah. sets up the heroics there. You're the one who gets the ball on the inbound, and you're you're bringing it up the court. It, was there a moment for you where you thinking, "I'm gonna have, I'm gonna make this shot to win the game"? Um, what was going through my mind was I had to get this ball to Morgan some way, somehow. Um, the play was drawn up foremost, so the whole way dribbling down, I'm just like, she has to get open at some point, and then miraculously, I don't know how, somehow she got open at the last second, and you know she made a great shot, but. I mean, if she wouldn't have got open in that moment, I probably would have had to take the last shot. Would you have made it? I mean, I would hope I would have made it. <laughs> you never know. When Morgan takes the shot, when she rises up and gets the shot off, out of her hand, you're looking at it. Do you think that's in? Oh, yeah. I had a clear you know, line uh, view of her shot, and when it left her hand, I knew it was going in, but it was just kind of really surreal when it finally did go through and the horn blew it was just I mean kind of just breathtaking it leaves her hand with I want to say like four tenths of a second and that yeah. had to be it must have felt like four minutes hanging up in the air is that accurate <laughs> yeah it definitely felt like it was up there forever and when it finally went through it was it was like the roof of the arena just got blown off I don't I don't remember a, a louder arena <laughs> do you, what do you remember about the celebration? I mean, because it, it's one of those things where did, did the, the history of the moment, it, it's great that you know we've won and we're going to go play for a national title. That's, that's the first thing. But then when did the history of we just snapped that winning streak set in for you? Um, I think probably at the bottom of the dog pile. <laughs> I mean, I remember everybody just going crazy. We all ran the mow, and at one point we all just tipped over, so... It was it was really crazy, but just you know when we finally you know got up from that dog pile, just you know realizing what we did, it was it was incredible. Did you talk to any of the UConn players on the way off the court? What did what did they have to say? Anything? Um, no. I think by the time we kind of all settled down, I think they had made their way back to the locker room. But I know it had to be hard for them. I mean, we've had many situations like that, so I mean, it's tough. Certainly is. I, I can't help but ask Dom. I know that obviously you have have loved to ended up with the national championship ring this this particular year, but now that some time has passed, when you look back on this season, do you kind of in some ways feel like? I guess you don't feel like the champion because you don't have the the ring, but because of this accomplishment, this game, the magnitude of it. I mean, you guys leading Sports Center. Uh, it, it sent shockwaves through not just the the college basketball world, but the entire sports world. In some ways, do you kind of feel like a champion anyway? <laughs> yeah, definitely. I mean, you know, we may not have won a national championship ring or anything like that, but I think we did something for the game that kind of uh, had that effect of a national championship. So, I mean. It's a game that we'll never forget, and a lot of people will never forget. And I know we made the state of Mississippi proud, and you know it's something that no one can ever take away from us. Do you ever get tired of talking about this game? 
No, never. I never get tired of watching it either. How many, how many times, if you had to put a low number estimate on how many times you've watched, not even the whole game, but just the final minute, how many times? I don't think I can put a number on it. I mean, every time it comes on, I'm getting tagged or something in it. So, yeah. I mean, it's, it's been a lot. I like it. Dominique Dillingham, I hope we, we get to see you very soon. Uh, coaching again because we want all this this quarantine stuff to be over with as quickly as possible we'll get everybody back on the courts and the fields where they belong but thank you so much for joining us and talking about this game it was a lot of fun thank you thanks for having me everyone stay safe and stay inside all right thanks to dominique for her time and yes there is no question about it that's the biggest win in mississippi state history you talked about the 14 game and, and relevance that might be the most relevant moment for mississippi state ever right there that game there will, there has never been a time where Mississippi State, in any sport, has any Final Four run for men, going to number one for football, whatever you want to. Baseball, obviously none, because college baseball is just not that kind of market. State has never had the kind of national publicity it had after this game. Yeah, led, led Sports Center. I mean, it, it was led Good Morning America. Led Good Morning America. Yeah, yeah it, it was everywhere. Um, you end a 100 and what was it? 111? Is that right? 111. That's an impossible number to wrap your head around. Yeah. They hadn't lost basically in five years. Yeah. I mean, it was the epitome of, of David slinging the rock and hitting Goliath in the forehead and yeah. collapsing to the ground. I mean, this this was that moment. Yeah. And the only reason, the, the only thing that people could try and take away, and what you said, this is the greatest Mississippi State athletics moment maybe ever mm-hmm. is people outside would say yeah but it was just women's college basketball mm-hmm. i don't care nobody else tri- i don't care what you say Th- this led all sports shows it led non-sports yeah. shows this this you was can't everywhere. say that by the way you can't say it's just women's college ba- basketball and then come back and tell me anything about baseball you know yeah. because college baseball it, it doesn't a, get any absolutely. of the ratings that women's college basketball does. absolutely so yeah so that's that's an easy one this is a tougher one what is the biggest win in baseball I know it is tough. You don't have a national title, obviously. Is, is it, you know, beating, uh, was it Oregon, Oregon State, State to go to, to get the, to the national That That could final. be one. The, um, the Hunter Renfro salute stands right. out in that game. Is it Burke Masters Grand Slam? That doesn't, you know, interestingly enough, we just sort of talked about it with the uh, the 98 Arkansas game. Didn't not the not the ultimate game that was the penultimate game. I learned that because if you like last no, year, I remember. Yeah, it was the second to last. You know that was that game set up the, the 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 do or die game. Is that it? Is it the '97 game against Washington here, where Eric Dubose pitches on short rest and gets the win? McNamee hitting the walk off at Is Florida, it Florida State? State. Is it the game in Nashville two years ago, a game three? There's a lot of options, but I don't know that. Is there one that just stands out above the rest? There isn't one to me that you just point at and say that's it. Can we find a game then that we rank? Maybe not because of importance, but because of drama, you know? Would the Auburn game from this last College World Series be that game? I mean, that's one of the greatest games, but is it the... It's not any greater than any other College World Series game you've had, other than that... The Oregon State game is the biggest win because it gave you the... It was the only game State's ever won that they won that game, they got to play for a national title. Well, by that logic, too, though, shouldn't we have gone with... In men's basketball, the Cincinnati game because <laughs> you, you got what, into the I, I get board. that, but but my, the difference is 
there's no game before that where I'm getting to it, you know? Yeah. There's no Kentucky game in that season. Yeah. So, I don't know. So, kind of, to me, it it may be that Mac walk-off at Florida State because without that, Mm -hmm. you don't even get out of that regional. And with that, you got to the College World Series. Yeah. Yeah, that, that that is the difference between two and Q and and Omaha and finishing third in the country. Yeah, that 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 one swing of the bat, and so much goes into that one game in terms of of, of how we got there. You, know, you think about it, is if that rain delay doesn't happen, you don't have that moment. Mm-mm. If Florida State changes pitchers, you, you probably, probably don't, don't have, have that moment. So. You had a lot of outside of uh, interferences in the right way, but, you know, forces working in this game to get you to this point. <laughs> You've had a couple of Elijah McNamee moments, really maybe more than that, that yeah. just felt like God ordained it. Like Some players have a knack for that moment. Yeah, maybe he shouldn't be big hit, hit Mac or big hack Mac. He should be big knack Mac. He's got a knack for those moments. <laughs> I mean, we talked about it with Jake Mangum two weeks ago. When McNamee came up in the bottom of the ninth in Omaha, I knew he was going to get a base hit. There wasn't any doubt. And, of course, he did. And, of course, he ends up playing a huge role. Some guys are just... I've talked in like, you know, there's winners and there's losers, right? But there are some, there's, there's subsets of winners. Some guys are just... What, what did uh, Ricky about? I just wake up in the morning, I piss excellence. <laughs> there are some guys that are like that. They just win all the time. But there are some guys that... When you have that moment, there it's never too big for them, you know. It, they, 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 it just isn't. And they bottom of the first, maybe he doesn't do anything. Bottom of the fourth, maybe he doesn't do anything. Bottom of the seventh, doesn't really do anything. But bottom of the ninth, down one, and that guy's at the ball at the plate. He's getting the hit. Well, there's a word for that: clutch. Clutch. <laughs> Elijah McNamee is a clutch player. You know, right now he said in the history of MSU baseball, the great long line. I got one at bat. McNamee's on my list. Now, he's on the list with Mangum and Clark and Palmero. Guys, like, I want him in the batter's box. Now, for a whole season, maybe I don't want him. But for one moment, yeah. So is that where we're going to go then? That that game? How different is everything right now at Mississippi State? If he doesn't never – we just mentioned that game, right? Is Chris Lamonis the head coach? Because there was so much talk that you know Schlossnagel was put off yeah. by how long he was having to wait. There was, I don't know, there was a lot flying, you know, over the course of that. What are the legacies? Do you remember? Of- well, actually, I, I don't even. You were, were you in? I didn't Tallahassee? go to Tallahassee. No, I, I, that was a wild press box mm-hmm. over the course of that regional with all that going on. Yeah, that was just such an odd time. But, uh, yeah. I mean, Lamonis really may not be the head coach had, had that not happened. A lot, I, I don't, a lot of, I mean, a lot of stuff might be different right now. So, I, I I don't have an issue putting it up there, but I will say that I could give you I could say six or seven different games here, maybe even ten, and I don't think anybody would disagree too much with me about all of them. All the ones I mentioned, I'm sure there's one in the '85 season I'm not mentioning. Probably one in the '81 season, the '98 season, the, the game against Rice. You come back and win 15 to 14. That could go on the list. It's on my list of 30 greatest games or whatever the list I have of games I want to I want to talk about. Yeah, that's a good. That's a question. Maybe we should ask John Cohen next time. Next time we have him on, and I yeah. want to try to get him on as soon as possible because I want to talk about what's going on. But 
I really think I might go with that Matt Gaiman task. All right, I'll go with you. I'll go with you on this one. We'll see where it takes us. All right. But yeah. I'm like you, though. I, it's not It's not just point at it and that's right. it. But. If I say football and you say 80 Alabama, we're done with the discussion. If I say baseball, you're going to sit there and think. You're going to think about it for a while. And because there's not a national championship. If there's a national championship, State beats UCLA. We're not having this discussion. It's quick. They well, beat UCLA. Actually, you said, well, football, if you said 80 Alabama. Oh, you, you see what I'm saying. I went against you. But, <laughs> you said, but I'm like, for the most part, if I didn't give you the option, yeah. you'd just be like, yeah, you're probably right. Yeah. But for baseball, you can't do that. So, all right. All right, guys, hope you've had a fun week with us here. We've had some good content. We're going to try to keep doing that the rest of the way. i got some other good stuff I'm trying to work up. We'll see where it takes us. Hopefully, we'll, uh, we'll enjoy the rest of this, uh, this time together. Don't forget, by the way, uh, like I said at the, uh, during, the, uh, during the interview, the Welcome Home Beef, you want to give them a try, give them a call, 662-418-2021, or just go to facebook.com and welcome, slash Welcome Home Beef, and they will get you taken care of with some delicious USDA prime beef. You know, This weekend, I know, I know for a fact you have nothing to do, so you might as well fire up the grill and cook some steaks. And don't just cook any old steaks. Don't. And hey, why go to the grocery store? That place is a petri dish right now. <laughs> Stay out. Go to Welcome Home Beef, and they'll bring it out to your car. You don't have to go out. You don't have to get out anywhere. You socially distance yourself. I say as I'm about to go to the grocery store when we get done with this this show. So again, six six two four one eight twenty twenty one or facebook.com slash Welcome Home Beef. Get some USDA Prime steaks, burgers, or cook a pot roast. Put it in the crock pot. Put your feet up, come back to it in a little while, and melt in your mouth. Delicious beef flavor. Why should you go with Welcome Home Beef, Joel? Because it just tastes good. All right, guys. Talk to you on Monday. For Joel T. Coleman, Ooh. I'm Brian Haydad. Thanks for listening to Thunder and Lightning on Super Talk Mississippi. Mississippi Media Production.